things are good. I'm, uh, I'm excited about what the Spirit of God is saying these days, you know. I've been praying a lot. Most of my time I've been spending in prayer. Um, the, uh, the weather's nice where I am, I have to say that. It was like 67 when I left. But uh, other than that, um, no, it's, 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 it's good. Yeah, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that, should I? Got everybody mad at me. No, but, but we get snow down there and stuff. But other than that, you know, we're, we're getting settled and um, praying a lot about nation changers. Nation changers, basically, there's two prongs to nation changers. One is it's more of a benevolence thing where we want to provide... Um, water, physical water for people in different parts of the world that don't have clean water. One of the things when I started traveling to Africa years ago that I observed was that, that a lot of the disease that happens and the problems they have medically and, uh, you know, with malaria and all kinds of things is directly related to the fact that they don't have clean water. And you could, I remember we were driving um, in Uganda, northern Uganda, by the Nile River, and, I, I mean, this literally happened. We're driving along the road, and there's a guy in the river with his cows. He's cleaning his, washing his cows. A little while down the road, there's a guy in the river with a bicycle, and he's washing his bicycle. A little while down the river, there's a lady with her children washing her children. A little further down, there's a lady with a jug pulling water out to carry to her house. Now, I, I assume they, you know, boil it or something like that. But the reality is there's such a need around the world for, um, for that kind of thing. And, and it liter- they say it literally can change villages and towns just having access to that clean water. So that's one of the things that's been in my heart for quite a while. And there's a company that I've been researching and looking into, and we want to connect with them. There's a lot that goes into actually digging the wells. You know, It's not like you can't just go and you know, get a shovel and, you know what I'm saying, there's a lot of geology and everything else that goes into it. So that's part of it. The other, the other prong of nation changers is taking the word of God to, to people that have never, hopefully, that have never heard it. I've been in some places where, um, one particular place where there was a little boy, to make a long story short, who came in, the, who was the, he was the assistant pastor's son or nephew, I think, and he, he was in the meeting, and I walked in and sat down, and the boy walked up to me, and he touched my face, and I mean, he had never seen a white man before. Um, this was in the northern, in the jungle, literally in the jungle, you know. And so there's, a, there's tremendous need around the world for the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. It's simple. It's profound, but it's simple. And um, what the Lord has been if I could say what he's been speaking to me about, Paul talked about in, in Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter 12, I believe it is. Uh, he said, I knew a man in Christ, whether in the body or out of the body, I know not, how such a man was caught up into the third heaven, and he heard things that were not lawful to speak. And um, Paul describes mm-hmm. the fact that there are three heavens. The, the first heaven is the natural heavens. The second heaven would be what the scripture calls heavenly places. You see, there's a spiritual, and we know this, there's a spiritual atmosphere all around us. 
We live in a spiritual atmosphere. Whether we are conscious, everyone in the world may be conscious or not conscious of the fact that they are actually living in, in, in a world that's spiritual. Matter of fact, everything we see, everything we feel, everything we touch came out of spiritual life. God created it by his own word. And so Paul talks about these three heavens. Well, the second heaven is what I've been, you know, I've just been thinking on these things. And the reality mm. of the fact that, you know, uh, the, the book of Thessalonians says, may God sanctify us, spirit, soul, and body. Holy, completely, spirit, soul, and body. You're a spirit before you're anything else. So you live in a spiritual world. And there's a spiritual war. When John's praying up here, he's doing battle. It's a warfare. There are enemies that are out there, that are out there. <laughs> and, and so we're dealing with those, those realities in the, in the world of the spirit. And the only way the gospel can progress, and this is, I believe, the reason why the, go the, the gospels are replete with examples of Jesus praying. He gets up early, long before day, the scripture says. Many times those disciples would wake up and like, where's the master? And they'd go hunting because they knew he was somewhere praying. Because he knew that in order to accomplish the thing that the father had in his heart for him to do, he was, there was going to have to be that element of spiritual warfare that happened to open the way for it. And so... This is true for all of us. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, confirming to what this crosshairs thing is all about, I believe. And to what God wants to do in Niagara Falls here. And to what God wants to do around the world. Mm -hmm. um, I, just heard, I just got an email the other day from Chuck. Uh, Chuck is the president of Harvest Preparation International. That's the, you guys have heard me talk about it. But that's the ministry that I traveled with for a long time when I was living in Florida and everything. And they just came back from... Um, from Africa, from two different countries in Africa, Kenya and Burundi. They had 6,200 graduates, Bible school graduates, that they, they graduated with degrees. They had a tremendous time. They did crusades. God was just moving. They had actually asked me to go on it, but it, I just, it, wasn't, it, didn't, it didn't work out for me to go on this trip. But while they were there, they, they had an accident, and they turned... They, they flipped the car, and they were like a few feet from about a 600-foot cliff. And Chuck said it was just a miracle that we even made it. But he said, we're aware that there's an enemy out there, you know. We're conscious. We're not, we're not unaware of his schemes. And, I, and I'm not one of these persons that run around talking about the devil all the time what the devil's doing. I'm not really too interested unless he's in my way. <laughs> right? What did Jesus say? Get behind me. He didn't cast the devil to the moon. You know, I hear Christians, I cast you into hell. You can't cast the devil into hell. Amen. He's going to be around as long as he gets out of the way. Satan, Shatan, the word means to put a, a stumbling block in front of. That's what his name means. He's out there to stop what it is that God wants to do. 
And so we understand that we have a responsibility because passive, how many know passivity, passive Christianity never gets anything done? Passive Christians that, that have the mindset and the attitude, well, if God wants it to happen, it's going to happen. You know, we'll just, you know. Right. That doesn't work. It doesn't accomplish anything. Matter of fact, the enemy sits back and goes, I like that. He does. Mm-hmm. You know, I like it. There has to be a fighting spirit in us. And I believe Paul's teaching is, is you know, you, you go into Ephesians chapter 6. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. That word to wrestle, it, it's taken from the Roman times and the gladiators and that. And when they would have fights, it was, a death, it was to death. You, did, you, you didn't finish the fight until somebody was done. And Paul uses that word to wrestle to grapple with, it means to pin have with your foot on the neck of your opponent with a sword ready to, to pierce him. That's what the, the term actually means. It's not a pretty thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Amen? But that's what we're engaged in. That's what we're involved in. Mm. And we understand from the scripture, uh, uh, Corinthian, uh, what is it? Chapter 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Who's got a Bible? Who's got a Bible I can borrow? Thank you, sir. I think it's, it's, um, it's either 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians. Let me look it up. No, it's not 1st. It's got to be 2nd. It's the passage of scripture where it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Is that right? Yeah, this is it. Okay. Let's just read through this for just a minute and then I'll sit down. Um, verse, just start with chapter 10, verse 1. Now I, Paul, myself, am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent and bold toward you, I beg you that when I am present with you, I may not be bold with the confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think as if we walk according to the flesh. Verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. It's like Anderson was saying, this isn't something where you, you know, you get... Mm-hmm. Some physical thing that causes you to have victory in the world of the spirit. Physical reality. It's not, that's not what it is. It's, it's a warfare that we have. Verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare. It's a warfare. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal or natural. We could say the word natural there. They're not natural, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations or arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So you can see the purpose of God is to bring the thoughts into a a place of captivity to Christ. It's about Christ. We all know that. It's about Him. 
And so the purpose and the plan of God is to exalt Jesus. Amen? To exalt Jesus and to bring every thought to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So the whole mindset, the whole, the whole thought process of the believer has to be one of, okay, I mean, we all want peace. We all want joy. We all want to, to live without conflict. But how many know in this life you face conflict? Amen. While you're in the world, you shall have tribulation. That's one of the promises. Amen. It's not one we claim all the time, but it's there. Right? You're going to have difficulties. You're going to have troubles. You're going to have to overcome certain things. And there's a warfare involved. So what's the Lord saying to us? What's he trying to communicate with the body of Christ? What I believe he's saying is that because right now, in a general sense, what's happening in the church, the, the true church of Jesus Christ, is we are in a time of testing. You know? It's not popular to talk about it, but it's very real. All the stuff that's... How many know that all the stuff that's going on in the world? All the... the like we talked about Canada. I've been watching that thing, because I was born in Canada. But... You know, the government in Canada is a mess, man. And they're, they're really hog-tying themselves because they're trying to do something. Well, it's, it's the whole global agenda that's out there. They, they, freedom is an enemy in these days. And Christ is the, <laughs> is freedom, you know. It's for freedom's sake that God has set us free. So it's all about freedom and taking away our freedoms. Anyway, the point I'm, I'm just trying to make is that we're in a time, I was talking to Dr. Bonnety one day, and um, we were talking about, it was maybe a month ago, we were just talking about how most of the, most of the time, every year, you know, a lot of the sort of quote-unquote prophecies and prophets come out at the beginning of a year and say, this year's going to be whatever. You're a blessing. This year's going to be this. It's going to be that, you know. And I said to Dr. Bonnie, I said, what do you think this year's going to be? What's, what's in your spirit? He said, it's trouble, man. It's testing. And I agreed with him. It, it bore witness to my heart, you know, that we're facing these things. And, I mean, it's not to be discouraged. As a matter of fact, if you're a person of faith, you look at the challenge and go, Yes. This is an opportunity for God. You know? <laughs> Amen. It's not like, oh, no, what are we going to do? No, man, you, you sort of pull yourself up by your bootstraps and say, all right, it's a war. We're in a war. Time to get to battle. Praying three hours. I, I've prayed three hours many times. You get in that flow. If we would have left John going for a while, he would have kept going for a while. He wasn't like, oh, this is so hard. You, you understand what I'm saying? I'm not, you know, I'm just making the point. You get over there in the, in the realm of the spirit, recognizing that your spirit is filled with the spirit of God. That prayer, like, you know, people talk about praying in tongues and and. You know, they fuss about it and everything like that. But what I, I love to pray in tongues. Yeah. 
I pray in tongues a lot. And I'm out walking in the woods and shata ruba karabata. What's happening there is my spirit's communing with the spirit of God and he's illuminating that prayer. He's giving the life to that prayer. He's causing that prayer to be effective. It's no longer me praying really. It's more me being the vessel or the conduit through which he can pray. You understand it's God's plan. It's God's will. The perfect will. The Bible says we pray the perfect will of God. And one of the reasons we're able to do that in the Spirit is because our minds aren't in the way. But you don't understand what you're saying many times. That's a good thing. <laughs> Amen. You get over there in the Spirit and hours can go by because it's not you. So... You know, this whole idea of the three heavens, you know. Paul was caught up to the third heaven, which is the throne of God. That's where God sits. And he said he heard things that were not lawful to speak. That's an interesting phrase. It doesn't mean they couldn't be spoken. It meant that it was contrary to all the law had to say. That old covenant. That's a whole other topic. But, but he heard things in that world of the Spirit. So I guess one of the questions we can ask ourselves, what are we hearing? Brother Hagin used to talk about hearing, seeing and hearing. He said he built the, 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 the whole ministry of Ramah by walking over the land where they, that they had purchased and praying in the Spirit, and hearing and seeing what God wanted to do. So, you know, in the, in the uh, plan here, we recognize, each one of us has to recognize, what's my part? Because it's a war. Do you realize your part could have everything to do with the survival of Maybe the person you're sitting next to. I want to go into war with people that got my back, man. I want to go into war with people I can lock arms with, right? That we're, we're fighting this fight together. The Bible says fight the good fight of faith. Why is it a good fight? Because we win. Amen? So... Keep praying for me. Keep praying for us. What God is doing, you know, we're, we're looking at. I just um, got a phone call from a friend of mine from Nigeria. And he's setting up a bunch of things uh, in November. Wants to know if we can come. One of the issues, and you can pray about this, is some of the countries, they're still dealing with the vaccine and whether you have to have the vaccine to travel and all that kind of stuff. I don't want to get this thing. I just don't want to get it. I don't trust it. I'm just telling you what I think, okay? I'm not saying this to anybody else. I don't want to get it because I don't trust it. And I've prayed about that and said, Lord, what if it's a situation where they won't let me get on the plane or they won't let me fly there? And, and I said, well, you could translate me. <laughs> that, that would work, you know? <laughs> uh, you know, just... Go to sleep and wake up and you're in Paris, you know. Hallelujah. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I'm just letting you know that's that's an issue right now. Fortunately, with the with the trip that they the guys just went on, um, they didn't have to. They didn't have to. They just had to. When they got there, they had to be tested, and then they had to quarantine for 24 hours. And that's how they, they did it in, I think that was Burundi, where they had to do that. So, But anyway, you know, just keep, keep your prayers going. Appreciate you all, and thank God for what he's doing, you know. We want to get people saved, man. I don't think our time, I don't think we have that much time left. I really don't. I mean, you know, and that's not to put anybody in fear or anything like that. I'm just saying we, we want to get the gospel to people. I want people to know how much God loves them. That's what I want. So, amen? Amen. Amen. Bless y'all. Thanks for having me this morning.